0: Welcome to season three of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. So I started a partnership with True Local recently. And you might be wondering what does that mean? Well, let's talk about it. I am a big fan of supporting local. Being a farm kid, I really value seeking out local farms that I can support and True Local allows me to do that. It's also Canadian owned and expanding into the US. If you order from True Local at truelocal.ca or truelocalusa.com and use the code TRUELIFESTYLECHASE, you can redeem it for 3 pounds of grass-fed Lean ground beef in your first two orders, or one pound of grass-fed lean ground beef in your first two orders of a small box. Or alternatively, if you like bacon, you can use the promo code AP Little Bacon, and you can get one pound of delicious bacon added to all of your regular orders. In addition to four boneless, skinless chicken breasts in your first three orders of a regular size box. In a small box, you can still get. One pound of bacon added to your first three orders. And remember, at the end of the day, eat protein. Thank you and enjoy listening to or watching the Lifestyle Chase. So welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. Today is episode one hundred and sixty three and I have the long awaited guest, Andrew Hannon, joining me today. Um, what's life like for you today? Like how'd your day start off?
1: Uh start off good, man. I mean I'm in sunny Arizona, so it's about 75 degrees right now uh, as I'm wearing a hoodie and sweatpants. Uh, But it gets pretty chilly here in the morning, like not crazy cold, like 30 to 40 degrees. So I get here pretty early, but it's gorgeous out here now, so it's been good.
0: That's awesome. Um, So... One thing that I did in preparation for this episode is I listened to a lot of the other episodes that you've guested on. So anybody that's listening to this one today, I highly recommend just search Andrew Hannon on your podcast provider and get a bit more of his backstory because we're going to be talking about stuff that's a lot different than what he's talked about before. But with that being said, for my audience who might be new to you, some of it's going to be... Uh, some of our mutual friends are going to check this out, but like if you were introducing yourself, like how would you introduce yourself in a way that like feels natural and uh, not, not over the top?
1: Uh, it's totally different from an introduction. Um, that's a tough one. Cause I can I think we were pretty similar in this. I don't like talking about myself that much. So usually someone would ask, you know, where'd you come from? How'd you get started in fitness, all that stuff. But, um, usually I like to tell people or even people that are really close to me, like, you know, those who know me, you know, I'm a pretty chill, dude, pretty quiet dude. But, um, a lot of friends that, I, that I've had in the past took a long time to get to know me. And they thought I was like a dick at first, but I think it's just me reading them and making sure that, Hey, is this a person I want to hang out with? I'm going to take a little bit of time to get to know them first as well until I sprinkle in a little bit my, about myself. But, um, but once you get to know me, you know, we can be friends forever. I think that's kind of how we kind of connected through, I think it was the compound performance mentorship. We start talking, I, I saw some of your posts and especially about the, you know, like the introvert stuff, especially with Kyle. So I think that's how we got connected and you know, I find people with similar passions. I kind of try to stay close to them and share information and um, stuff like that.
0: Well, I really like that you kind of pointed that out, the whole introvert... Well, I mean, not only the introvert thing, but also um, how sometimes a person that's processing the situation can be, like, analyzed as, as a jerk or whatever, and, they're, like, they're, they totally got it wrong. Like, uh, when, when I have to make a first impression on someone, sometimes it's really tough because they might misread me because I'm quiet. And so when you said that, that really... Uh, stood out to me um just to kind of give people a bit of a an add-on to it I'll just I'll help with the intro here like one thing that stands out to me about you and one thing that brings you to the podcast is you're a consistent hard worker that's consistently putting out content for the fitness industry and your specialty is golf so a lot of people know you for um your work with with golf professionals but then also through what I've learned about you is uh You work with a lot of people in a holistic way, in a way that uh, helps them kind of live a a long life where they're able to do things and not feel in pain. And that's something that really stood out to me. And like the experience of the client is uh, really, really important to you. Um, If we went back, like, let's say five years, uh, would that be a way that you'd describe yourself? Or or would you say that it would be a a bit different and it's uh, evolved over time?
1: Oh, that's another good one, man. I think it's definitely, it's always going to be evolving, especially for me. I mean, five years, I can even go back six years ago before I moved out here. I think once I moved out to Arizona and started working more hands-on with golfers, even just the people I work with now, which is some gym pops, some athletes, but, um, I think six years ago, I was more, you know, about obviously the experience, but also the validation of myself. Um, uh, you know, or this is my client enjoying the session? Do they like me? Do they feel like they're getting pushed enough? And I would kind of judge my service based on that. Now how it's evolved. that um, I got kind of principles involved. I have all sorts of systems I can use, but also this, I feel like I could be myself with the people I work with, whether it's, you know, someone I've worked with for six years, someone I just met, you know, a consult that just came in. You know, I could be myself. I know a process that's going to work for me and being able to read people pretty well. I know how to help them because I, I know how to listen. I think that's the biggest thing, especially with new clients that come in. And so they know the expectation and the service I'm going to provide. And then it makes it, um, I want to say easy for me during the session, but I know how to kind of put the hour together where it's not going to be crazy strenuous on my energy, especially if I know I have like back-to-backs all day or I can plan it where it's going to be, Beneficial for them, but also it's gonna be my best service that I can provide for them as well Just because I know how to put it together just not even in a, you know Fitness service way or even you know progressing in a certain way I know what's gonna work for them and in a, in a way where they're gonna see results and outcomes
0: Well, I like that you brought up listening because that's kind of something I was sort of like thinking of as I was listening to some of the other episodes, it's just like being able to take feedback, being able to, uh, to kind of act on what you're learning and being open to knowledge and having sort of like that beginner's mindset um, when it comes to the skill of listening. Cause it's kind of like one of those things where you have to rep it out. Um, what, what is it do you think that has made you to be the good listener that you are today?
1: Um, I think this is kind of how we started, man. I think, Talk about the kind of introvert side of both of us. Um, you know, this—I was always kind of lead by my actions type of person. I was lit. I was taught that by my father. Um, I was never again the loud one on. I was playing a lot of sports growing up, and I was always never the loud one on the team. Always liked to have fun and and work hard, and, and always listen to the coach and always respect the coach. I'm always kind of that that players players coach type of type of person. So I kind of brought that onto the professional world as well just being able to always respect the person that comes in, respect your coworkers, respect your boss, respect yourself. I think that's really honed in on, you know, my listening skills and this understanding, you know, really what's important to them and really remembering that stuff, like little things from, you know, their kid's birthday or their birthday, and little, little nuances that they, that they're passionate about. There's a sports team or, um, certain foods they like. I always try to remember that, and always just try to hammer that during the session. That makes it easier for me. I can ask questions where they do all the talking, they do all the working, and all I have to do is cue, count, and you know ask another question. So I think a lot of that growing up just came from sports and you know having good parents and being able to you know just disrespect people.
0: Totally. And something that like I've seen through your posts and stuff, you're very like family oriented, which is like that's. A value that we both share. Um starting with your dad because like from my research he's uh he's a pro- former professional athlete is is that right?
1: Yeah, so he, he played baseball from probably the mid 80s to like mid 90s, coached for a while, coached at the university I went to so I played for him. So now he works with the university just kind of in their alumni organization. So he does a lot of fundraising and stuff for the university. So he's not really involved with baseball anymore but that's yeah it's kind of where he started big sports background.
0: So what was it like being like the the kid of of someone like that? Like what kind of uh, sort of a lasting impression did that leave on you? Like I know for for context like I'm a teacher's kid so it kind of made me into a bit of a teacher. Um what was your experience like as as at least as far as as your dad goes?
1: Yeah, I think mean, it was it was great, and it was tough all at the same time, because my dad is very energetic. You can kind of say he's more extroverted in kind of a way, where it's just like I respected him so much, like my whole quest of my life was trying to be like him. And then as I grow older, it's, just, it, it's gotten tough to the point of like I can't get to that level just in my mind, just with, of how many people respect him, and no matter where you go, like, he he knows somebody. Like, he could come out here, we'll be at, like, a gas station or something, and be like, hey, that's, that's so-and-so. I'm like, how do you know that person? So it's like, anyone, any player that played for him, like, is always like, dude, I love your dad, he did so much for me. And, you know, it made me feel lucky growing up, knowing that he was my dad, but at the same time, that pressure of, you know, in my mind, trying to be like him, but knowing that his expectation was never that for me. He just wanted, to be my, he wanted me to be myself, take my own path he knew that you know we grew up in a small town like you know he thought he thought I was bit destined for bigger things not in Baldwin City or Kansas or anything so I mean it was it was a blessing and it was tough at the same time just because you know there's always people coming up wanting to talk about my dad where it's just like at that time you know I was trying to prove myself not only to him but to other people and myself against that validation thing that took a long a long time to learn
0: Well, I mean, you kind of brought up some important points. I think a lot of us sort of get in our own head with uh, trying to like compare ourselves to like a role model or like, or just someone in our life who is like a fixture um, and just like not seeing the best in ourselves because we're not letting ourselves be ourselves sort of thing. Like if that makes sense. Um, So with that being said, like, let's, let's go back to the first like three years of your career as a trainer. What, what was it that you had to do to sort of hone in on that, to, to really just own the fact that you were bringing something to the table and that if you just worked on it, you would improve and get to where you wanted to be?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think for me, it was just showing up. I think I went into, you know, a training industry kind of not blind, but all I had was a a degree an athletic background and no experience with working with people one-on-one in personal training. But I I knew enough about the body and you know how to work out. Versus, I knew I could learn that during that time. I think the biggest thing that you know I struggled with in the beginning was just like the selling stuff, right? Obviously, in the fitness industry, you got to be able to sell yourself. Sell, especially start. I started a Lifetime Fitness, big corporate gym, so you got to sell products. You got to sell watches. You got to sell personal training. You got to do S and S. So it's like it took me a while to understand that. And just realize, especially with that corporation, you're just a number and you got to hit goals. If you don't hit goals and you're not, you know, you're not going to stay there very long. So once I, you know, figured out, like, I'll, I'll work harder than anybody. I'm going to show up earlier than my shift, you know, just provide value, but giving out free sessions. So it's like little things like that. I learned knowing how to prove my value and show people that I was good at what I was doing and then. You know, it just kinda of turned into that. I never knew where I wanted to be. Um, especially but in the beginning of the career, I was just trying to make it on my own. And as I started learning more and getting better at it, I think that's where I started to develop some goals and find a niche and what I wanted to do.
0: Well, I mean, I I kind of was blessed and cursed in the sense that I never had to like uh, sell memberships necessarily, but I definitely had the experience of like trying to sell people on like the first encounter with me and I've yeah. definitely had times where people met me for the first time and they thought that I wasn't the trainer for them and like I could have not been it like I can totally be not the trainer for everybody but like uh in some cases it could have been like a, a misconnection. but um something that we can both relate to is that whole like uh come in for that consultation like give give us like an hour of your time and then see what happens like see see what the experience is like and so like for one thing that i really like to point out is like anybody that's listening that's like relating to this it's like you don't have to be salesy um granted you'll have to work hard and like prove your worth and kind of show how you can differentiate yourself from like all the other services out there but like it doesn't have to be fake and you can be like super real and authentic. Um, when it comes to that, like what was it like when you had your aha moment, like that you you didn't really have to get them as they came in the door that you could get them when they, when they came to you for that, that consultation or whatever offering it happened to be that you, that you gave to them.
1: Yeah. I think, you no, know, that really didn't happen until I moved out here. Um, after I, got done with lifetime or it's just like I, I developed a pretty good base, but I knew I just wanted to do something different. So I kind of pivoted and switched companies and started working more, um, in home and work for this company that I traveled to people's houses and country clubs. That's kind of how I got in golf too. And, um, train them in their house. And then it it was good for a while. Cause I didn't have to do any of the selling. Like they had the, uh, parts of the company where like they had salespeople and then the salespeople would give you, clients and all you had to do was show up and I found out pretty quick that that wasn't for me as well because it was hard for me to build rapport like right off the bat especially I'm walking into someone's house at 6 in the morning and that's our first session so it's just like and it took me a while to understand that because that was especially driving all around town in Kansas City area like that drained me pretty quick going from house to house you know personality to personality and then hopping in the car kind of zoned out and then by three o'clock I was just done so Once we moved out here, you know, and I really started to hone in on my niche and learning more, um, I think, again, the best way that I provided value was, you know, just get them into the door, get that consultation process, and once they understood my value, that's when they give me referrals, and the referral system just kind of kept coming in where they knew what the expectation was, they knew what the price was, and they knew knew what they were getting, and knew that, you know, I learned pretty quick once... Pretty high-profile clients or even athletes come in. They refer people. Like, I mean, that, that was a pretty big deal to me. That made me really try to really hint on my on my service and, you know, provide a little bit more of that extra extra mile for those people.
0: Definitely. Um, when it came to your big move, like, I don't want to like have you saying the same things that you've said before. So we're gonna come at it at, at a different angle. Like, uh, sure. you you came from uh, Kansas City and then you went to Scottsdale, right? Yeah. So um, that's pretty far away. Like if if me personally, if you asked me to move the same distance, um, I would have a lot of excuses. I would be thinking about uh, like that's really far away from my family, like a distance that far away. I'd be thinking of like where am I going to live, all these different things. Um, was that your experience or did you just kind of like pull off the band-aid and just do it?
1: Yeah, dude, it was pretty stressful at first because it was me and my girlfriend, my wife now, you know, we were just looking for a move. We were just ready out of Kansas, and we wanted to go somewhere warm and, you know, pretty consistent with weather. And I was lucky enough to come upon Premier Fitness Systems just through, like, a, like a work um, email or, like, a, a recruiter service through TPI. And I was kind of sending my resume blindly, like, thinking, like, there's no way this gym's pretty high profile. I don't think there's any way. And, like, Greg, the owner, called me, like, that next day. So it's like, we went through that interview process and like I said, it was, it's just one of those things where the idea sounds exciting, but then when it comes to make the decision, like there's always hesitation, there's always like, again, that validation of the, if I'm good enough, like what if, you know, it doesn't work out and I have to move back and what if it does work out and, you know, end up being unhappiness, not what I think, thought, but like you said, I think we both made the decision that was going to be the right move, it was a perfect time. Um. But it was, it was a struggle at first, because I came out here first, and my girlfriend moved, wife now, a month later. And knowing that she was back home and she had to take care of a lot of stuff, moving to an apartment, you know, that's, that's kind of tough to deal with on top of me trying to build a client base. And um, again, we moved out here with no family, no friends, nothing. It was just going out here for the job. So I was just, I was out here alone for a month, just had the job. And I knew, you know, after probably a couple months that I, I you know, we weren't gonna leave we weren't going to come back again. So it was tough at first, but it was probably the best move that i ever made.
0: Well, I like the phrase, like, what if it doesn't work out? Like so many things in life, it's like, you could say that about just about anything. Has there been any other like instances where you like had that come up again? That same feeling of like, you know, I'm about to do something. Like, what if this doesn't work out? Like, is there anything that stands out to you when you think about that?
1: That's pretty much decisions every day of my life, dude. <laughs> From, you know, I'm, pretty routine and once the routine is off and then, then now i'm going to be off Then, but i know that if i don't kind of push that bubble a little bit then that balance gets gets really off to the point of like you know wake up the same day or same time every day i like to eat the same stuff i like to get coffee at the same time or if i have a break i'm gonna get coffee this time and if that's off just by a little bit then I get thrown off. But I know if it doesn't get thrown off, like doing something like this, scheduling something like this, uh, I know I'm not going to be able to grow. I'm just going to be set in that routine for, for a long time until I force myself to do something different. So little things from, you know, a couple of years ago, we bought a house and it was a stressful process, but it's, again, it's one of the best decisions we've ever made on top of um, little stuff. from You know, this is all first world problems, but, um, building a pool like that was a big financial commitment but we did it and we're very happy with it on top of like even scheduling a consult for next week like that takes me a long time to like you know it's probably my last decision of the day like calling back somebody get in on the phone and scheduling them from that consult because they called me so it's little things like that that seem easy but um you know it takes for some reason that big jump of energy to pick up the phone and schedule that person without you know, trying to force myself to text them but this little decision like that, that's, that should be easy adult things but it, it takes a lot for me to, to go through that because it's off the routine.
0: Well I mean the point where you were like uh, instead of texting calling like that, that's funny because like, so many people would be like wouldn't it just be easy to just send them an email or a text or something and it, it does come down to crunch time like either you want to get it done or you want to try and sometimes to get it done you gotta be direct and you have to get straight to the point um fortunately now we can like do video messages too that's kind of handy a new little pivot to to get people directly um but with that being said like your routine you start like super early what is it like four thirty a.m or something when you start your day
1: um uh, alarm goes off at three thirty.
0: Cool. i snooze
1: till about four i get up do all the little stuff with the dog and then kiss wife goodbye and I'm out the door by four thirty. Yeah.
0: So how long have you been doing that? Like how many years?
1: Uh, probably since the front door days so when I was going to people's houses, like I had clients sometimes at 5am. So again, this is, you know, back in Kansas during the winters when it was, you know, I walked my car, get in my car is zero degrees. So it's like, you know all about that. That, that happens in Kansas too. So now, there's sometimes you yeah, have 5 a.m. clients at their house, so it's been, you know, past six or seven years I've been doing that.
0: So, aside from the fact that, like, it's just out of necessity, like, you have the job, you want to do it, um, what was it that kind of willed you to start that routine? Like, I mean, for context, I, I used to be waking up around that time and I'd start my day uh, super early and then during COVID I kind of got lazy and now I'm back to starting it off pretty early. Like we we're in the same time zone. We were up around a similar ish time. Um, yeah. But uh, like what, what was it that dialed you in to, to do that? Cause some people aren't willing to to do the tough things to get the job done. So what, what is it like for you? I think, I mean, not
1: that I've always been a morning person. Again, back in the lifetime days, I was five a day off. I'm not getting up to like 1030. And that was just to go to work out at the same gym that I worked at and then come home eat so that there, there's that routine again. So I knew, I think for me, it's just always I'm, I'm in my head that I, a lot of people rely on me and I hate that feeling of letting someone down. So I know if I don't get up and show up before they do, then then I'm not doing my job or not, that's just me morally just trying to do, provide a good service. So I think that this kind of, skips into even now on the weekends, like, you know, I might sleep in a little bit, you know, stay in bed until like 7.30 or 8. And then that's when we kind of get our day started. And it still might be a lazy day, but during the week, even today, like I didn't have a 5 a.m. today, I still like to get up at that time because it might be the only time I might be able to get a workout in or even get some computer work done. So I still show up the at the studio at 5 and get some stuff done. And I have a client at 6. So I think it's just that will of you know not letting people down that's where it started it also is like if i don't get my day started at a certain point i know i'm not gonna get much done
0: yeah i mean i can relate and it's just being able to attach things to a why or a purpose is pretty powerful like um it, it's tough to do things for an extended period of time it's tough to do things that are inconvenient or cause you to change your routine to be different from anybody else's like to wake up at like 3 30 a.m like what time do you have to go to bed
1: uh currently we're lucky enough we can go to bed anytime from you know 7 30 to 8 p.m um we're about to expecting soon so that's about to change dramatically um but because we'll be on the baby schedule but right now i mean we've been during the week you know we've been going to bed you know 7 38 even some days at seven just to lay in bed and i'm, I'm snoozing by hopefully 8 30.
0: Well, when it comes to, like, do, do you find that your whole social circle is the same way? Like, you're surrounded by a lot of people who go to bed early, or do you find there's a bit of a contrast between you and anybody that you talk to outside of, uh, like, trainers kind of thing?
1: Uh, that's funny, man. My, my social circle's kind of decreased the past couple of years, just because not because I don't know how to be a good friend or anything, but it's just like, we're, we're, you know, this, I'm around people all day. And once I'm home, I want to be with my wife. I want to be tuned in with my wife and be at home. So it's just like, she understands that as well. So I'm pretty lucky that she understands that side of me. And she wants to kind of be in the moment with me and not be able to really, you know, socialize too much. So even like on a Friday, like she might have a friend that wants to you know invite us out to dinner. She knows, in a very respectful way that I've been working all day. I've been up since, like you said, 3.30. So we might not plan that dinner unless it's really far advanced. Because I'm that's not the type that, you know, it's a Thursday, next morning she, or even that afternoon, hey, we have dinner plans, get ready when you get home. Like she knows that wouldn't sit with me well, but I would do it out of respect and knowing that, okay, I'll take this this time now, but tomorrow we're not gonna do anything. Just because just we know like, how hard we work, or get up early. Like we need that energy for each other and just be able to, you know, just kind of have that time at home.
0: Well, I mean, like those boundaries and that communication is pretty important, like there's probably a lot of people that are like frustrated with where they're at, they're like, why, why can't I be busier, or why can't I have this, or why can't I have that, and it's just like, if you're able to kind of communicate like, what you need in order to be at your best, then you can have the things that you need to be at your best. And if you're in like a partnership, you're going to have to put that on the table real fast. And like, uh, with that being said, like, let, let's go back a bit. Like how, how did you meet your wife? Like how did the two of you uh, get together?
1: Yeah, man, we, uh, we met, met at a gym. So she, that one lifetime day, she worked the front desk. So she worked a couple jobs and like during the weekend part time during the week, she worked the front desk at lifetime fitness. And one day we just got to talk in and that was kind of during, you know, obviously my single day. So it was, it's more of a conversation of, Hey, I'll meet you out at this bar or, you know, at this, this area. And we got to talk a little bit more and, you know, it was around that time where I was kind of, you know, not ready for a relationship, but I was, I was single for quite a long longer than I've ever been. But it was, it kind of came at the right time where it's just like, I'm ready kind of saw it through. And, you know and that's the kind of the rest is history we just been we've been together almost 10 years married um four this year so um this is one of those things that it, it, it took a lot of growth it took a lot of learning about each other and now that we're in our 30s we have a child on the way like our communication is better than ever and that took a long time to grasp where i had no idea about boundaries or anything in my mid-20s or even no late 20s it's something i've learned a lot especially the last couple years and the word you said partnership as well so you have to kind of give and take
0: yeah i mean it's it's so true but it's it's super cool to kind of see it just like i mean a person can can see how important that is to you through your posts like uh she gets a lot of shout outs in your instagram story which i think is super cool um going into like being a dad soon like it's coming up right away like do you have any like uh thoughts going into that like what's on your brain when you think about that uh that step in your life
1: dude that's a good question someone asked me that the other day and just, he's like what's the emotion you feel and this is like you know he's like 65 and i'm just like you know what it's, it's, the best word i could think of is it's prepared um excited a lot of people ask if i'm nervous i don't think i will be until like it's crunch time and it's like she gives me the call like hey i'm going into labor then okay now it's it's go time. It's kind of like my feelings like before. I hate to say this or give the comparison, but like anytime during like competition or back in the sports days, like I didn't really truly get nervous until like, you know, it's 10 minutes going into the game. You know that that feeling of like nervous. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm ready to compete. But having a child is totally different. I have no idea what that feels like, but I can only go through experience through a lot of my friends who they had a lot of, they had kids early, they got married early. So it's like, I kind of know like if they can do it, I can do it, not in a bad way, but they did it so early. It's like, how'd you you guys do that at such a young age? And also just, you know, a lot of friends now, I have one good buddy. He just had his son, you know, almost six months ago and it's getting a lot of advice from him. So this is, we're just prepared. We're, we're settled. We're ready. So this is one of the things we're just—it's—it's excitement more than anything.
0: Absolutely, and I mean it. Kind of like uh, it outlines the importance of having sort of like a sounding board in your life, like having people that uh, have similar experiences or have similar goals that you can kind of like bounce ideas off and banter back and forth, and like know that the journeys aren't going to be the same. But like by having someone to listen to your your inner thoughts can be quite helpful. Like even even in fitness, like. We'll, we'll do a quick segue here because like uh, I'm notorious for giving Kyle Dobbs shout outs like I, I can't have a podcast without uh, giving him a shout out um, when it comes to uh, like the compound performance mentorship like I I know that I, I heard you kind of give it a uh, a plug in an, a recent podcast uh, what what were your takeaways I think you did it twice didn't you
1: I did man. I think uh, this came at a perfect time. When I started following Kyle, probably three years ago, this—that's when I was really getting into, again, you know, not getting too detailed with the fitness or biomechanics or any of that stuff. But when he started posting more like the PRI stuff with strength training and lifting and prep, that's where I started really paying attention to him. And that's when he didn't really have a big following, but I knew his his content, his his information was 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 really good. So I just always watch his stuff and I think one time he even shouted me out for like trainers to follow in the stories and I thought that was just a big deal because I just really valued that guy and we just started talking more and learning more about him and then taking the mentorship and again this once you find someone that not that you idolize but like have respect for then you kind of realize that he's kind of like you you know going through what he did with you know, certain adversities, him being an introvert himself, even though he doesn't act like one and be able to talk and give that much information with such confidence. Like I just have a lot of respect for that. And on top of, um, you know, the mentorship, I just thought the way they brought the community together through the Slack channel and, you know, making sure they were always about, you know, follow this person and make sure you, you tag everyone or just follow everyone that's in the group. I don't know if he said that, but I want to make a point of that because obviously people that were taking that mentorship group were, obviously pretty good professionals, obviously with you and and other trainers. So I made it a point to follow every one of them because I know they're going to provide good content and information that I want to learn and, and the people I wanted to meet. So that's probably what I got the most out of it. And just information and education, like I can always go back to it. But it, it, again, it takes me a while to really soak in information. So it's better for me to kind of go back into it every once in a while. And then, but I was really more into the community aspect and listening to the calls and just the way they approached the program and fitness and performances. It was, I just respected it a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, you kind of pointed out something that reminded me of of so much of uh, what makes Kyle who he is. It's just like he, he gave you a shout out. Well, like when I think about it, I don't think anybody in the fitness industry that isn't my client has given me more shout outs than Kyle Dobbs so like I totally know that feeling it's super cool it's like like for me it's like what is he doing shouting me out like I'm just like crazy Canadian up here just uh, changing my zoom background all the time it's just uh, it's super cool to have someone that uh, exhibits a lot of the qualities that you want to be as a person Um, point out the qualities that you have to, to kind of feel like, yeah, like I I'm still learning, but I'm, I'm on track to be where I want to be kind of thing. That's something cool that, uh, you're going to be hard pressed to find a lot of people that do that. And so that's why, uh, that's why I usually highlight it here because it's like you, people have to support each other. That's, that's something beautiful that's come from that mentorship. There's so many good trainers out of there that like, I try to give them shout outs too. Um, But, yeah, it's, like, something that stood out to me. It's something that, like, when we're facing struggles in our career and in our life, it's really important to have these people that are willing to, like, have those real conversations, not, like, be all ego, but actually, like, uh, put someone else first and uh, help each other and, and level up kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I think, too, just the respect out of, and for you as well, is people that are in kind of that routine and they might be in, like, people might think they're in the best situation where it's kind of going back to Kyle, like working on a New York gym, charging, whatever, 350 an hour. You think that's like a dream position. It was just like, if he felt, you no, know, this isn't for me, work-life balance is, is crap and make that move back to St. Louis and not get into detail of in his personal life, but it's just like, that takes, that takes a lot of guts and, and move this whole family. Like that's crazy. So it's just like, if he can do it and knowing that, the, like you said, he's shouting us out and respects our work. It's just, like, it makes us feel like, you know, we can do pretty much anything, you know, not just leave our jobs, not that we're not in a bad situation at all. This is, like, everyone's going through the adversity now with COVID and the past year. So it's just, like, supporting each other's biggest thing.
0: Well, I mean, it's a super important talking piece, too, to, like, see beyond, like, the, the wealth, the income, and, and understand, like, the fulfillment in the job is uh, pretty yeah. first and foremost. like. If uh, something that I, I look for in people is like, are they looking to um, prioritize time with their family and friends? Are they looking to make sure that that is healthy? Or would they sacrifice that to uh, be more famous on Instagram? And like, that's a quality. You are strong with the quality of like putting, putting family in, in a spot that's like unmovable. Like your, the things that are important to you, are there. Like they're they're solid. Um and that's that's something that maybe is common in introverts, but I think it's something that uh like if if somebody doesn't see that part of life, like they should. Like it we should be uh being good communicators with with the people in our lives that matter because like I mean I say this too often, but life is short. Like uh time flies fast when you're like neck deep in your career. So are you doing the things that matter in the meantime or are you not? Like long-ass long, long ass walks are, are a super good way to to spend some time with uh, somebody you haven't talked to in a while or um, listen to someone that might have a lesson to teach you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit it on the head there, and I think kind of going back to the introvert things, it's like I think not that introverts get like a big, you no, know, like a like a hard knack or anything, but it's just like I think a lot of people – you know, might be in a position where they have to feel like they're, they're a certain way. That's how I felt for a little bit. Like, I, I felt like, especially with a lot of trainers I used to work with, like they were so good at selling, but they were awful trainers. But there's just no disrespect to them. I met a lot of good trainers that were awful at selling that were still bad with people. So it's just like, in my mind, I felt like I had to be the loud, like, salesy trainer to be, you know, positioned as a good trainer. It's just like, it took a long time to learn that no, there's abundance for everybody. There's people to work with. If you put the work in, like they're going to see it. And for me to act a certain way or to, outside of my personality or even that much of a difference, it's like I, it didn't feel wholesome to me. So that's where I, I had to leave that company during that time just because it just didn't feel right. Cause I didn't feel like I was being myself. And it was kind of like a not a totally dark road. This is I thought it wasn't myself and I would do things outside my habits as well
0: well it's true like as soon as we're out of our character like further away from like our value system like things that uh, make us feel better um then we're willing to compromise things and that kind of snowballs. we start compromising all kinds of things we could be compromising our fitness our nutrition our lifestyle our bedtime our wake-up time like everything can go downhill and so like the whole like statement to be yourself like goes beyond like the hippy dippy approach of like yeah you're you can be anybody you want it's like if you want to last if you want to be surrounded by the right people you got to be yourself so that those people can find you like that's something that uh stood out to me i was like well i'm i'm a little quirky a little weird got a personality but then i'm surrounded by quirky weird people with personality and then it allows me to sustain myself longer because i got people that'll back it up like if uh If i need backup i got backup and i think that's that's important for anybody in any career in any industry
1: yeah 100 percent. yeah
0: um when when it comes to like life and stuff like have you ever gone on any long trips have you ever hopped on a plane gone somewhere discovered things anything like that
1: Um, i have and my wife is going to kill me because this was during a point where we were kind of dating but during my in kind of lifetime days that same time, kind of I was getting burned out. And I had a friend who was living in Europe at the time. So it's just like, I booked a flight to go to Europe for a month. So I went to kind of Southern part of Italy then we went to Rome. Um, and then I visited another college friend who was in, um, dang, I can't think, another, another town in Italy. I can't, I don't know, I'm drawing a blank. Then, I'm by myself, I went to Switzerland for a couple of days, got lost, um, then went somewhere in England, and I came home and went back to work. So, it's just like I needed that. Just for me, is kind of an escape. It was right around the time I started um, dating my, grew up my wife now, so it's just like that was kind of a weird, awkward time, because it's like we're just kind of dating. Now, I'm about to leave for a month. But, I mean, it's probably, you know, helped me grow a lot, helped me, you know, realize that shit, this is even crazier being alone but also you kind of in your head and you kind of have to make decisions okay is this am I going to be safe going here but you know I don't really care right now I'm just going to try it out and it was it was a lot of fun I learned a lot about myself
0: well I mean I, I usually promote travel quite a bit for that exact reason like you you kind of get into that state of uncertainty and you, you don't have all the answers anymore because you're in a new environment and then you realize that uh, you generally nothing really bad happens when you're in a place where you don't know what the outcomes are going to be, where you can't have your same standard meals, all that stuff. Like uh, a little side story, like some of the trips that I went on before I jumped into the fitness industry helped affirm to me that like as as risky of a move that I was making, I was going to be okay because I was able to order a meal in Costa Rica successfully. Yeah. Like, oh, good. It was it was wild the way it worked out cuz like I basically I went up to this place and it had all the combos and I think I was like uh quattro and then I just hoped for something and they just laughed at me and uh so it's definitely like for a person that's uh that can be quiet in in my my first language I was sure extra quiet in a foreign language it was just like it took me out of my shell and so anybody that's kind of like hesitant like travel is a, a major key to kind of like uh get used to uh being uncomfortable reasonably uncomfortable
1: yeah especially in a foreign country i think we kind of took opposite directions there because it's like there's a couple of nights where it's like no i'm gonna walk down the street try to find a restaurant and then it's like i saw the restaurant i could have kind of stood outside it for a little bit and i decided just to starve for that night just because just because of that i didn't want to break that language barrier or try to be I, was gonna, I knew I was going to act like an idiot, or Just they weren't going to understand me, so I was like, I was going to take not eating a meal that night, just not to experience that, so, so if I had any regret, probably that, just to, especially when I was on my own, but, you know, we found, found a way.
0: Well, I mean, being totally honest, like, I, I met up with one of my buddies, and he had a bit of Spanish, so, like, he was able to kind of, like, be the guy that saved me, so that, like, I didn't get in too much trouble, had I been on my own, like I would have absolutely done the same thing. Like I took a bus for a bit and I was, I uh, was, uh, intermittent fasting there, not on purpose, just, uh, by, by coincidence. <laughs> yeah.
1: Take um, bus and get out here. not I'm a staker.
0: Yeah, <laughs> totally. So with that, uh, side tangent out of the way, um, when it comes to content, so that, that's a, topic that i want to talk about simply because so many people will look at like they might look at my podcast see a bunch of episodes they might look at your page and see a whole bunch of content and they're like oh man like why does he get to have that like why can't i have that and like have you ever come across an instance like that where somebody is like they're giving you the answer while they're asking the question like they know that you had to like build up that volume of effort but they're still mad like does that ring a bell for you
1: uh I mean, not crazy. I think I get questions every now and then. It's just like kind uh, of strategies and tactics to use on how to build their following. And I give them the same answer every time, you know, you know, I started, I came out here six years ago and in Arizona I had 400 followers and I just kind of made an effort to, you know, this post class every day, post the drill. It's always fun to kind of go back to like those first couple of posts and kind of see is like, shit, I would never do that drill ever again. But at the time i thought it was cool and that's kind of where things were going but it's kind of kind of it's cool to see the evolution of what the posts look like but also on a psychological view like not getting caught up like for me like i hardly ever like push that little search button that's kind of scroll down like the whole feed of like big trendy posts because for one internally like it makes me angry on what i see Not in the point of, like, I wish I had that. More of this, like, okay, this is the information shit people are giving out. Or it's just, like, butt exercises and, you know, people in thongs saying, hey, fix your hip this way. Or even in the golf industry, for me, it's just, like, golf fitness hashtag is nothing but a bunch of, you know, girls in bikinis swinging a golf club. So it's just, like, what value is bringing... You know it's being put out there or it's just like it's easy to get a following if you do that type of stuff but it's like there's always it's like with exercise there has to be intent so if your intent is is wholesome it's the truth you don't try to deceive people I think that's where you can find the best success with social media and not getting down the crazy rabbit hole of wishing you had this or it's like man this person got this many likes but their exercise is garbage you know you can't get in that mindset cuz it's just going to it's just going to get worse every every cuz then Instagram am going to keep feeding you that
0: yeah well i mean you pointed out a few important things that uh, that i can relate to it's just like don't make your stuff out of the pursuit of likes cuz if you're trying to chase likes like you're you're going to end up being like that person just like half naked just trying to get approval kind of thing like are you actually going to be putting out content that's going to change your career or change your connections because like if you're focused on like putting out things that in that moment in that time in your life you think are valuable then it's gonna be good and like I absolutely can can totally agree with the fact that like if if any trainer goes back like even like three months in their page they might not agree with that, and that's a good sign. Like to see a post of like, ooh, I don't know about that one. Like that's that's a sign that you were open to learning something new, and you didn't like figure that you were at the the top of the castle. Like I mean, like for for context, you've you've gotten a few accolades as far as being like a golf trainer in the U.S. Like uh, I think I, I saw you were one of the top ranked uh, golf trainers in the United States. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: Golf Digest does a thing. Every couple of years and that first year was, you know, one of the top fifty golf fitness trainers in the US, which is which is one of my biggest accomplishments. But at the same time I don't think I would have got that recognition without social media or Instagram because knowing the way that I put out information isn't the way that, you know, really hit home for me. Like I'm not the type that is gonna, you know, Call a website or call a magazine and say, "Hey, will you print this article?" Like I don't even like writing articles anyway. It's not how I like to think and provide information. You know, I'm more of like an adaptive. It's kind of an art form for me. That's why I like, you know, posting videos so much. Because sometimes when I do it, it's just kind of a feeling. It's intuition. It's like, okay, this sounds like a cool idea. Now, how can I provide value with the context? And also, is, you know, is, are people going to relate to it? I think where what I really learned from. Compound performance again, especially with social media stuff. This is like a lot of trainers get caught up to posting stuff just to receive, you know, just validation again. So like the Pat Davison of the world who has a lot of knowledge and has a really good backing and knows how to back his stuff up. But then he has his community on the other side agreeing with everything that he says. I think a lot of people want that and are afraid to go outside of that. So for me, it's, it's like I'm not going to post this drill that I'm not really – familiar with or have the context with if i don't know what i'm talking about just to get approval from other trainers so i really learned that from that group and other people just don't seek validation from other professionals just to make yourself feel better and feel you know agreed upon i think a lot of people get caught up in that too
0: yeah absolutely i mean like i oftentimes think like uh what is it that uh, one of my clients might benefit from? Like maybe I'll draw from a conversation that I had with a client and like something was like a light bulb moment for them. And I'm like, oh, well, if it's a light bulb moment for them, maybe it's a light bulb moment for like somebody that uh, has a similar fitness background to them or somebody that uh, is on a similar path like on their, their fitness journey. And it's just like... Um, it, it's lucky for me if, if another trainer thinks is cool, but what I'm geared for is like, hopefully it's, uh, helped one person on, on social media kind of connect the dots in, in how to, uh, how to squat or how to have a more sustainable wellness routine or just how to, uh, have a better life kind of thing. Like, um, cause really we all got a lot of stuff on the go. Like we, we don't have time to, to validate each other all day. Like we will inevitably, we we're as trainers. Like if we see a trainer doing something good for their clients, it's kind of exciting. But yeah, uh, yeah it's just what, what I like about your routine is it just seems like a flow. Like you've kind of found your flow state and it's kind of like there is an exercise that stood out in the day and you captured it and you posted yeah. it and then you carried on with your day and it just makes it so simple natural it's something that you can kind of keep up for a long time it's just like don't overthink it just like put in the work get get to work get started
1: yeah 100 i think that, and there's always time for like i posted one day i don't know if you've seen it yet about like the super speed six and everything i, I made like a little reel and like i was really excited about it because it's just like again it's the same information but just plotted differently so it's just like it's me kinda of talk to myself, but me being like someone on IG asking me a question that's pretty not basic, but it's just like it's gonna be the same answer every time. So, so it's just like how do you gain club head speed if I'm being in golf related terms? And again, I just throw out, you know, basic compound movements. You gotta jump stuff, you gotta throw stuff, you gotta slam stuff, you gotta work on range of motion. And then at the end I kinda of throw in that plug, it's like, well what do you think about this though? I'm like, that can relate to like anything from Someone trying to gain muscle or trying to lose weight, like the information is there. There's no quick fix. Like it doesn't matter what protein powder you have. Like if you don't put in the work, and that's kind of the point of, of the post that sometimes I like to do because that one takes a little longer. Like that took me an hour to do. Sometimes yeah. Have, so once I have that opportunity to do that, I feel excited about it. Hopefully people have fun with it. They comment on it, they share it, but it's not for. Like the likes it's just like look this is just a different way of me putting the same information out like nothing's going to change because we, we can evolve but the information is
0: the same well i thought it was cool because i did see that pop up and i was like oh man like this this probably took a long time because it was like i can appreciate uh what goes into content because sometimes some of my posts take me like five hours like because i'm just trying to find like I want to get better at that stuff, and to get better at that stuff, you kind of have to dedicate some time to it, just like exercise, just like nutrition, just like anything. Um, but it, it definitely stood out for that. With with regards to your, your swimming pool, we're bouncing around a lot, because I'm trying to be respectful of time and cover all the topics that I want to topic cover, but like your swimming pool stood out. I've said your backyard is backyard goals many, many times, and I truly mean it, Um for for a big goal like that for a big undertaking like that like did you were you hesitant to undertake something like that or was it just like it's too hot in here we need a pool no matter what
1: well funny thing is my wife makes fun of me like before we even bought the house like i was looking at houses like man we don't we don't need a pool like, i don't want to look for houses with pools that's because i thought it's just a big waste because it's like we'll probably use it a few times and then we have to clean it or we have to hire someone. Here's the finance for that. What if we don't like it or blah, blah, blah. But it's like, we got so lucky with our house and how we found it. The realtor we used. So it's just like everything just kept leading in the right direction. And then my wife was so good with researching, like, you no, know, we kind of wanted to do this just to make for one kind of ups the property value of the house. But we found, kind of the perfect match of the small company that built it for us. And we just fell in love with it. It was like, you know what, you know, we're in a position where, you know, we can handle this. We kind of looked at everything. Um, she had some stock options that from her previous job that we were going to use. And, you know, this all kind of turned out, turned out right. And never in my life, like I grew up in Kansas, like I swam in a pool. Like, you know, I had friends that had like those above ground pools, you know, in the neighborhood but just like, you know, I'm so used to dirt and grass and mowing the lawn. Of course, I never thought about even, you know, ever having a pool. But now that we have one, it's just like I sometimes I just kind of sit back there and just look at it and just kind of sit in awe like this is crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's a blessing.
0: Well, I mean, it's a cool recap to the fact that, like, if, if somebody kind of has – has a thought in their mind of something that they want to piece together like uh figure out the logistics and get started like don't don't wait too long because like um now that you know what it's like to have a pool i bet you probably wouldn't want to have it any other way like if, if i took away your pool that wouldn't be cool hey
1: especially if you saw it i'm sure you saw backyard it back look looked before was this it's a pretty big lot but it was just rock and you know it was cool at first but it's just like it was this it's just better something to look at. Like even swimming it's fun, like doing cold plunges is fun, but like just sitting out there just relaxing in Arizona weather at night, like it's 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 a lot of fun. It's 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 really cool. So it's better than like I said, looking at rock and, you know, watching scorpions kinda of walk across the lot.
0: Definitely um so there's a couple questions that i ask all of my guests and the first one okay. is if you could give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way what would that piece of advice be
1: oh bro uh, god i can just go again kind of I'll just repeat myself like this is always kind of lead with your actions i mean you know words and if you have the knack, the knack for gab like that's great But it's just like if you can't deliver and You know, whether that's with work, with your friends, your family, like you make commitments, like, you know, commit to those. You have to, you have to show up. So I'd say lead by our actions, show up, you know, always reach out to people. But, you know, don't just, for me, just don't talk the talk. Like, you have to, you kind of have to show up and just kind of walk a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's important because, like, sometimes people think that if they say they're doing something or if they say they're going to do something, that that's all it takes. But, Like your actions when nobody's watching are what stack up to these opportunities and things working out and uh, manifesting in some way, shape or form. Like uh, anybody that's made those big moves and uh, taken a leap for themselves, a lot of what helps them get to where they want to be is like what kind of a person they are how they treat people and like what, what they, how they lead their lives? Like that, that stuff is substance. That stuff matters. It's not all social media. It's, it's a lot of like the quality of connection that we have with people, which, which is a big part of why you're on the show. Like you're a solid dude.
1: Thanks, man. I think again, social media, gets kind of a big, a, a big, you know, knack a little bit, but it's just like, it's a way for me, especially as an adult, like how to meet new people. Cause it's just like, I'm not the type that's going to, especially now go out, and like you said, first impressions is not very good for me. So it's just like if I can kind of show my value and, you know, meet people through text or even comment on their videos and then messages and then now it leads to this, like, that's how I kind of build relationships. And that's my way of doing it. it doesn't work for everybody. Everyone wants, you no know, personal connection. Like I get that. This is like I get a little more value, like, on how we kind of started building this up right here.
0: Definitely. So the next question that I have for you is if you were to give my audience a challenge for the day, and it can be anything, it doesn't have to be fitness, it can be anything that's on your mind, what would that challenge for the day be? So it's it's geared towards something that you genuinely think would make their life better.
1: Um, I would say if life permits it and you don't have kids and you you're, have that availability, I would say take a cold shower at 7.30 and go to bed at 8.00.
0: I like it I like it um with with cold showers what is it about it that like uh stands out to you what what's the what's the clincher the thing that makes that the the thing to do
1: I think again I'm not crazy honed in on like the scientific benefits but just in my experience when we did Wim Hof here about three years ago we had a seminar and we did all the ice bath stuff and you know, really what I, the came in for me is just a mental challenge of knowing that you're going to sit in the ice bath for two minutes, not even the physical, you know, adaptations afterwards. So for me, it's like I'm sometimes petrified of like cold water, even just, you know, the thought of something cold being put on me, especially now being in Arizona, like it just drives me crazy. But it gives me that mental focus and knowing that I'm about to be in a stressful situation where it's just like I can kind of breathe through it. And once I did that Wim Hof stuff, like, I was kind of eye-opening. You know, if you incorporate all the breathing work, too, like, it's kind of cool. But for me, you know, it kind of gives me just a, a little bit of clarity and just know, okay, I need to do something stressful today, and I'm going to sit in my pool for a couple minutes. And then every time, it seems like I have a good night's sleep after that. So that's just kind of my experience.
0: That's awesome. And I like that yeah. you even, like, preface it to say, like, is not so much on, like, the, the science behind it. Because, like, sometimes it's just – we can do things and then ask ourselves like, did that make me feel better? And if it did yep. do it, like it, it doesn't yep. have to be like super complicated. Um, if a person's trying to track you down, like what, what's your favorite way to connect with people?
1: Uh, I mean, definitely Instagram. That's kind of how we connected them. So ando underscore PFS. And then that's probably the best way I communicate in the fastest way. If someone wants to get really detailed then uh, you can just shoot, shoot me an email at, I mean, you have an 8HandN3320 at Gmail. If they have like crazy questions or anything about programming or anything like that. But Instagram's is probably the best way.
0: Awesome. So with that being said, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me on the show.
1: Thank you, man. No, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it.